Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests Izzy Phillips, Katie Midwinter and making a long anticipated reappearance is Mark Karoski. Before we get into the racing we'll look ahead at the main uh, ITV races at Weatherby and Ascot. Let's see how everyone is. Izzy I'll come to you here first. Uh, did you enjoy your day out at Cheltenham last week and your visit to uh, your hero Nigel Tristan Davis? Yeah, I did. I had the best time. Vis- visiting the Tristan Davis yard was like a bucket list moment for me. I loved it. I had the, I had the greatest time. Yeah, it looked like you, um, you were having plenty of fun and reading your articles as well um, for horseracing.net. That's uh, that's definitely uh, been going down well, I see. So yeah, if you haven't done so already, make sure you uh, give it a read. Um, and how about you, Katie? How are things with you? Yeah, all good here, thank you. Um, just looking forward to the racing. There's a decent card at Ascot and Weatherby, isn't there? So looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, really good. We're getting into the swing of things. And all the races we're focusing on tonight are all jumps races. No flat uh, whatsoever. So, yeah, if you're a National Hunt fan, this is the place to be. And how about you, Mark? All the listeners want to know where you've been the last few weeks. Just been busy, you know. But, yeah, good to be back. Jumps are here. Yeah, good to be back. And are you uh, looking forward to our trip to uh, to Musselburgh next week for dodgy uh, Class 5 racing? Yeah, I'm sure we can we can find some filth that we can back, yeah, get a bit of value. It'll be at Musselburgh on the second. Yeah, if you're a, f- a couple of winners. Yeah, if you're a fan of our uh, podcast, me and Mark will be making a long trip up north to Scotland where we'll be at Musselburgh next Wednesday. So if you see us, feel free to give us a shout. Anyway, enough rambling on. Let's get into the races, what you want us to focus on. And we're going to be going to Ascot for the first race we're going to be looking at, where we're looking at a four-runner novice handicap chase. An interesting uh, little affair here. We've got, like I say, the four runners, say the 130 Ascot underwriting uh, novices limited handicap chase. And we're going to see the chase debut here of Goshen, who's currently six to four we then got samarivi at three to one cobbler's dream at five to one gal road at 11 to two and that's uh how it um how it is um izzy i'll come to you here first gosh and all eyes are going to be on him um do we think uh, this is a tough start for him or do we think his class should see him through well he's been very up and down hasn't he and he's obviously regained his mojo again over hurdles in recent months and i do want him to do well but i have to be honest that I have reservations about him chasing. Um, I think, you know, he can be a real handful and I just don't think there's going to be any room for mistakes here. And I think that at the odds, he's far, far too short for me, especially carrying such a hefty weight as well. I looked at instead Gal Road, um, second in a free horse race at Perth over two mile four, um, jumped out to the right a little bit was quite slow at some of them but once he got his eye in um it was actually quite a promising start over the larger obstacles and then on the day as well he was beaten by statuario um who was getting quite a lot of weight from him as well he was eased up at the finish so the margin is you know much wider than it than it looks because i don't think they wanted to obviously over hurt him but yeah quite a promising little start over the larger obstacles for him and i think he could go well here especially getting so much weight from you know the likes of Goshen. Yeah, well, he's running off here off a mark of a hundred and forty-six, so that uh, that uh, advantage of the weights could uh, maybe see him to good effect. So Izzy likes the outsider of the Fort Gal Road. Uh, how about you, Katie? Um, are we uh, going to agree with Izzy and we want to take on Goshen here? 
I think I will take him on. Yeah, I think he's going to be interesting to see how he does take defences. You know, he can be a handful, as Izzy was saying. And I'm not sure about him over this trip in his first run over the large obstacles. He's only run over a similar dis- distance once in the Ascot Hurdle last year when he was a disappointing fourth of five. He really did underperform that day. I mean, he is the class of the field here, but he does have to carry quite a hefty weight uh, in comparison with the others. And he has his quirks. You never know what to expect with him. I'd love to see him have success in future over fences, but you know, I think it's it's going to be a tough one here. I mean, if he does make all and is able to get into a good rhythm, he could be difficult to peg back. But it's obviously a question mark, seeing as he hasn't gone over fences before. So I'm going to go for Cobbler's Dream. He's been running well over hurdles and he should stay this trip well enough. I was quite taken by him in the Martin Pipe at the festival um, last season. He travelled nicely into the race and jumped cleanly throughout, stayed up the hill quite well. Although he just wasn't good enough to beat Bambridge, I think it is good form. Hollow Games was in third, Chemical Energy back in eighth, the horse we saw bolting up at Cheltenham last week. Um, and I think Cobbler's Dream has the engine if he is able to take defences and jump well enough. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go for Cobbler's Dream. Yeah, Cobbler's Dream is a, a fascinating contender. It was very, like you say, progressive over hurdles uh, last year. Didn't he win the Lanzarote and then, as you say, he ran a great race in the Martin Pipe, which we've seen time and time again is a race that uh, often we see future stars like sort of Gallop and Deschamp, uh, Indefatigable as well. Some, some good horses have come from that race over the years and yeah wouldn't be at all surprised to see cobbler's dream step up mark you have the last say here goshen is a is a horse that uh, we've uh, pressed the lay button on a few times uh, in his career today um are we going to be doing it again on saturday yeah i'm total agreement uh, with izzy and katie here um this horse is an absolute cash machine for the layers i mean clear on ratings has to give a stone away to the rivals you just, you, just, you just can't be trusted. I think this is a mad bet, 11-8, if you're backing this first time over fences. Absolute mayhem. Like, if you, I mean, I'd be interested to see what he does over the first fence. I mean, if he jumps away to the right or starts pulling, makes a mistake at the first, he, he might he probably won't even be favourite after a fence. I mean, last two runs at Ascot unplaced as well. Step up and trip, massive concern with how keen this can be. I think mean, he's a massively... I mean, we've only got three, three in competition here, but he'll beat himself. You know, it looks like a comfortable lay to get to get the ball rolling on Saturday. You got to be taking this one on at that price. I mean, if he goes if he goes odds on, it'd be a crazy price, crazy. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the market reacts. I think a lot of the the uh, racing professionals will want to be taking him on, but maybe those uh, punters that uh, that love caution might stick with him and maybe. I like how you're being so diplomatic there. Yeah, I'm not I, calling them what they are. Remember, people were saying he was a good thing for the champion hurdles, even money for a place tailed off yeah exactly I, I completely understand but it's, it's just goshen you know like yes he's been uh been quirky over the years but then towards the end of last season he was actually yeah getting his ideas together and he was actually winning uh his last couple of races and we know when he's on a going day he is a very good horse but is he on a going day that that is the question but if he is he's more than capable of going well. We've seen horses that have been enthusiastic in the past go on and do well over fences. One horse that springs to mind is All Mankind. You know, a horse that went from the front, was very free, uh, but he, he seemed to do pretty well over fences. So, uh, yeah, maybe... Chris, Chris, don't do it. Don't I'm do just, it. I'm just... I know, I, know, I know you're talking yourself in it. Don't do it. I'm not backing Goshen. I'm just making the case then. Sometimes these enthusiastic horses, they uh, they can they can improve for a fence, but, uh, yeah... 
just one one and uh, play through to the wicketkeeper. So we're all kind of taking on Goshen here. Um, Mark is laying Goshen. We've got one vote uh, for Cobbler's Dream with Katie. And uh, Izzy likes the chances of Gal Road uh, in the opener at Ascot. We then go to the 205. Uh, the next race we look on on the card, which is the Bateau London Handicap Hurdle. It's over two miles and any harm in asking is your favourite. 7-2, most uh, famous for taking the scalp of uh, Constitution Hill in his uh, point to point. We've then got Call of the Wind for Alan King in the JP McManus Colours at 5-1. to one. Hacker de Platters at 6-1. to one. Broomfield Berg at 7. Washington at 8. Highway 102 at 10s and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Um, a lot of people will be interested to see how the John Joe Neal favourite, any harm in asking, is, is going to fare here. Is he a horse that we want to take on or um, are we quite keen on his chances? I'm going to take him on with uh, Broomfield Berg. It's the second run after a wind up. I think it's a good time to back a horse and they can show plenty of improvement for it. He put in a decent performance at Chepstow when first seen this season. Um, but he did run once over the summer too, and um, since he's had a recent run out as well, I think he'll be fit and ready for this race. Um, at the start of the year, he was running in really competitive races and can be forgiven for his slightly below par performances. But prior to that, he was running consistently well, and I think at, at this level, he'll make the frame at around 7-1. to one. I think he's a really decent price, so he's the one for me. Yeah, he's got that fitness edge under his belt. Like I say, he, he was... Uh... Uh, well backed for that run at Chepstow last time out. It was a good run, and yeah, why not? He's definitely entitled to improving that. And one thirty could be on the lenient side. How about you though, Mark? How did you see this one? I was actually in disagreement here with Katie. Um, I actually wanted to take Boonville Berg on. Um, we'll see Nicky Henderson, James Bowen, uh, John Jones went for went for the favourite. Any harm in asking? Um, I mean, stable. I think they've got a slow start. I mean, seven percent strike rate. I think this one disappointed the last twice when our favourite. It's a competitive race. This is one I'd probably place lay on the day. I think you can lay this one around five to four, six to four place. I think there's enough in the race to get this beat. Um, I think he's a bit of a hype horse. He's disappointed too many times. He was supposed to be a handicap good thing two runs ago. No good. Beat next time out. I just think he's a bit of a hype horse and one that you're going to end up in the poorhouse if you keep backing. Okay, so Mark is uh, quite keen to uh, take on Broomfield Berg, maybe one for the place lay on uh, RPL on Saturday. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, Mark Sports. And how about you, Izzy? Who did you like in this competitive handicap hurdle? I quite like the look of Hacker de Platz. Uh, top weight, but we've got Angus Chaleda on board claiming five, so that softens the blow a little there. He had a good end to last season. Um, with a decent third in the Imperial Cup at Sandown and then saw the season out with a win at Aintree in an amateur riders race. So I think if he goes well fresh, that he should do all right. Okay, Hacker de Place uh, for Izzy. Yeah, really tricky race here. I didn't have a particularly strong friend, preference. Um, I thought Magisterio was interesting, uh, getting all the weight for age allowances off 10 stone 8. Uh, returns um, after a wind up can go well fresh. I thought Highway uh, 102, I just thought he's a bit of a funny horse. Um, it wasn't a bad run last time out, but he got up, put up £3 for that run um, out front well. And I think he, he's going to be the pace angle here, but it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds tactically. But yeah, I, I didn't have a particularly strong opinion on this race. I think it was one maybe for uh, to see uh, what comes out on top and maybe a few horses might enter your tracker. So that's our thoughts then on the 205. We then go to the 240 for the Burn Group 
Handicap Chase before midnight is your favourite nine to two. We then got Amula Gold who loves Ascot at eleven to two. Ferrero Bamboo um, at thirteen to two. Nasalam who won on this card last year thirteen to two. Time White at fifteen to two, and bigger are the rest. Who did you like in the two forty? I spent quite a while looking at this one because I was sort of digging a bit deeper into the chances of Nasalam. Um, so he usually wins this time of year and won at this meeting last year. Um, he won a classy race at Newbury, was a little disappointing, and then two identical starts at Plumpton, um, but was back to winning ways at Fontwell in February, but hasn't been seen since then. Um, but he's regularly jumping quite badly to his left, and he was supposedly had this all ironed out, ready for the Cheltenham Showcase last weekend. So obviously the ground must have gone against him. So this is somewhat of a plan B. Um, I was reading a couple of articles where Moore had said that, you know, he felt that the two miles at Cheltenham was slightly on the sharp side for Nassalam. And I can't help but think that this isn't much further. So I started off by thinking, oh, yeah, Nassalam, I, I fancied him last weekend at the showcase and ended up talking myself completely out of it because um, I think he perhaps does want a little bit further. This is shorter than ideal. Um, so, lo and behold, I've ended up looking at before midnight. I think that he runs really well this time of year. And yeah, so my second Tristan Davis punt of, of the evening. Um, he's a course and distance winner. He was a little bit disappointed when he was sick for Aintree. But again, similar with um, Hackett and Clacks in the last, I'm hopeful that he can go fairly well fresh. Yeah, well, he won this race last year, didn't he? So, um Quite, quite a lot to like about uh, the chances of before midnight on paper, but uh, is he going to be up to the mark uh, come post time on Saturday? How about you, though, Katie? Did you have a particularly strong fancy in here? Well, I'm going to give a positive mention to Gumball. He's a horse that I really like. He was rated 150 over fences last year. And off a mark of 137, I think he could be quite dangerous. He's had a blowout this season on the flat at this track already, and he's only an eight-year-old, so there could be plenty more to come from him. Um, and there's no reason why he can't be winning this kind of race. Uh, it is quite an open race, and as long as he jumps fluently, he has to be in with a chance. He can be a little erratic, um, but I think that's partly why so many people are really fond of this horse. He's another who has his quirks, um, but is really likable. And I think he's quite a decent price at around 12 to 1. I think before midnight, course and distance winner is likely to be the biggest danger. But uh, Gumball to place, maybe an each way perspective there, um, he's the one that I'd go for. Yeah, Gumball, he's, a, he's an old favourite uh, of uh, of the jumps game. Has had a few outings on, on the flat of, of late. But yeah, he, off a mark of 137, he's maybe very capable of uh, getting involved at a nice each way price. So one I quite liked on um, here, I'm surprised no one put him up, was uh, Diego de Charmil, uh for, for, for Paul Nichols. Just the £10 of Freddie Gingell, who uh, is Joe Tizard's nephew. I just think that's absolute daylight robbery in this kind of uh, in this kind of race. It may, basically means he's going to be running off the mark of a of 134. Freddie Gingell, if you've not seen him, he's actually a very promising amateur jockey. Uh, got a few spins last year uh, for his granddad, Colin Tizard, on the likes of West Approach. I was quite impressed with him um, as a rider, and I think he could be uh, a conditional or an amateur to follow uh, th this season. Um, Joe Tizard actually uh, was, a, I think he was an apprentice jockey or conditional jockey to, to Paul Nichols back in the day, so it's interesting to see that the family are, are keeping it up. 
Diego Chalmers loves it round here. He can go well fresh. I think he won this race back in 2019. I think he's a good good bit of each way value here, and I just think the ten pounds could make all the difference. And it'd be great to see uh, Freddie Ginger maybe get a, a win to his name uh, on ITV on Saturday afternoon. But yeah, that was my thoughts on the race. So we've got a few different perspectives here. Um, I like Diego Charmel, Katie likes Gumball, and uh, Izzy likes Before Midnight. We then go to the 315, which is the feature race on the card at Ascot, which is the Bateau London Gold Cup Handicap Chase. Major Dundee is your favourite at 9-2. We've then got our power at 7-1, T-Clipper at 7s, Ansem at 8s, fullback for Gary Moore, who's looking to continue his excellent record in this race, won it a few times, the likes of Larry, Traffic, Fluid and Anthony, so definitely a trainer to... Uh, no, for this race, Mr. Malarkey, an old favourite at 11s, and Danny Cohen at 12s. Uh, Mark, I'll come to you here. Um, is there one you like in this uh, handicap chase? Well, this is a really competitive race. I mean, there's a lot of quality animals in here. Um, but it's just trying to find the one that's is peaked for today. You can imagine the, the likes of Kitty's Light, um, Good Boy Bobby, probably further down the line. But the favourite was quite solid, around 4-1, to one, Major Dundee. Um, I think there's still a little bit of improvement there as well. Stable are flying. They're up in a 20% strider right now. I think of 1-3-2, this one can be dangerous. And there's a little bit of room for improvement there. Um, again, most of them will need the run. Hoping for a bigger price. But I think 4-1, I think, four to one, I think he's the right favourite. Uh, it's not a race that I'd be getting massively involved in. But I think he's the most likely winner, Major Dundee at fours. Okay, so Marks likes the unexposed Major Dundee and the Trevor Hemmings colours. And how about you, Katie? Did you like one in here? I like Kitty's light. You know, he's been dropped a couple of pounds for his opening run of the season at Chepstow. He could be better this time out. He showed how strong a stayer he was um, last season and was really consistent, performing well in a number of big handicaps. You know, the big prizes, that are, the big targets are probably yeah, later down the line, as Mark is saying, but I think, you know, with a bit of weight off his back, Sam Pounds claimer Ellis Collier on board. I think he's got a good chance in this in this field and uh, he's a really good price at around twelve to one. So I think Kitty's like for me each way. Yeah, uh, you can definitely see the appeal. Obviously he has to overcome that run at Chepstow the other week, which might have been a pipe opener for this. We saw Christian Williams last season was was the king, uh, the master trainer at these kind of races. We've known he's been uh, well handicapped for a while, always looked like he's capable of winning a big pot, and maybe this could be his day, and Alex Collier as well. I remember him last season, I think he went uh, and he rode a, a couple of horses for Christian, and it went on a bit of a streak with a, couple, with a couple of them. I think Uno Mass might have been the name of the horse. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely an interesting contender uh, in this race. Uh, Ascot, and how about you, Izzy? Uh, you get final say here. We're going to go over the night of Twiston Davis, Popper Patine, or are we looking at something else? Well, in terms of night of Twiston Davis, obviously, he's got the bookends for the market with your top weight and your bottom weight. He's got Good Boy Bobby as well. I was so surprised to see Good Boy Bobby going in this, especially with the record that he has at Weatherby. Um, obviously, safe to say he didn't love the national. He was badly hampered and eventually pulled up. Um, but he has raced at Ascot once before in January in 2021, and he was fifth of 14 uh, on that occasion. But yeah, there's there's no real difference in the prize money. It's just that 
ascots over ever so slightly shorter than the Charlie Hall, but I'm, I'm quite surprised because, like I say, he was initially entered in both, so a bit sad to see him out of the Charlie Hall, really, because I think he probably would have been my nap for that. Um, I'm, I agree with Katie. I think Kitty's light's definitely got a good each-way chance. Ellis Coll- uh, Collier does take seven off as well. Um, obviously, with Jack Tudor already dropped up at Weatherby on Win My Wings. Um, the one that I was having a little look at was Danny Kerwin. Um, has one over the fences at Ascot and should benefit from having had a run in May as well. So he's just a little outside chance for me there, really, Danny Kerwin. Okay, so two there from Izzy. Danny Kerwin... And uh, also as well, she agrees uh, with Katie's uh, fancy Kitty's light. Um, I'm actually going to make the case here for Papa Poutine. I thought he um, was an interesting candidate in here off bottom weight off 131. Actually, uh, you might remember if you follow my work, uh, I actually won this race last year when I put up Larry to win win the Betfair competition. Um, I just think he's got a similar profile. I was looking at the, the trends for this race. You often need a run, um, and he's got that. He finished third on his last start over hurdles at Perth. It's interesting that uh, you know it comes back here over fences. I just wonder uh, if the plan was to protect the, the, the chase mark. He, he was quite progressive last season at certain points uh, as a chaser. You know, he's only a young horse. He's only six. So he probably just needed a, a bit of time to, to warm up. But I think we know he stays well, which I, I think a lot of these will be um, pretty tired turning into the home straight. And I just think in this kind of race, he's got that experience now to maybe improve. And he could be a horse that could be ahead of the handicapper. And Nigel Tristan Davis, I think he had second in this race last year. Check it out. So, I think it looks like a target. The yard maybe haven't been quite where we would normally associate them at this time of year. They're normally really strong in the October-November period. I know it's still early days, but they had quite a quiet uh, Cheltenham meeting and they're, they're only operating at 12% strike rate. So maybe explains why you're getting the 16 to one here, but I just thought coming back over fences was a really interesting move. And yeah, I think, uh, I think off bottom weight, uh, Sam Twiston Davis uh, might be able to give him a good ride. So yeah, he, he was my thoughts on the race popper poutine. So that's the races at Ascot covered then. We're now going to look at uh, three races at Weatherby. I know they've got four on the ITV card, but I just thought, why we? Why do we want to cover a novice hurdle for when we don't even know the form of half of those involved? So anything could really win that. But um, the the first race we're going to look at, whether it be, is the two twenty five, which is the Bet three six five mares hurdle. It's a listed contest, and Molly's Ollie's wishes looks to defend her crown for the skeletons at eleven to eight. We've then got Martello Sky at two to one, Nina the Terrier at four to one, C the C at twelve to one, Island Mahi at twenty fives. And that is uh, the outsider of the field. Um, I'll come to you here first, Izzy. Molly Dolly's Wishes was a horse that I think we put up a few times last season on the podcast. Do we think she's going to win this race again? Skeletons maybe haven't been quite firing on all cylinders with some of their horses. Some of them today needed the run. Do, do we think she's the one to beat? Yeah, I, I think I do. Molly Ollie's wishes, I say this all the time, and I've, I've put her up a few times, like you say, on the pod, but she runs for a children's charity, which I absolutely love. And like you say, she won this race last year, beating none other than Marie's Rock, who eventually went on to win the Mayor's Hurdle at Cheltenham and then the Mayor's Champion Hurdle at Punchestown as well. So um, she wasn't up to grade one company at Aintree, but um, her form is in and out. But I think she's quite a good price, and I, I, I quite like her for this. The only other one that I had a look at was uh, Nina the Terrier, who I think should benefit from having had a run at Chepstow earlier this month. Um, but 
and some of her best form is over two miles. So I think she's the main danger, really. But I, I would like to stick with Molly Ollie's wishes. Okay, so Izzy thinks Molly Ollie's wishes can defend her crown uh, in the mayor's hurdle at Weatherby. How about you, though, Katie? Are we in agreement? Two votes for Molly Ollie's wishes? Yeah, I think Molly Ollie's wishes is the one to beat crossing distance winner who has experience in top-class races and has already won two listed contests as well as a grade two. I think Izzy made the case well for her, um, but to me, I don't have a really strong opinion in this race, so I'd rather just give it a watch if I'm honest. But I would say Molly Ollie's wishes is yeah, she's the one that I would uh, that I would choose. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just a watch and brief here. I think. Martello Sky and Nina Deterra wouldn't be surprised when it's maybe see the sea if she gets an easy lead from the front might be able to spoil the party uh, an underrated mare in my opinion but might be a bit of uh, too much of an ask here how about you Mark are we making it a hat trick for Molly yeah I think she's the most likely winner here um, my only concern would be the stable form a lot of them haven't been finishing the races off but again most of these are handicappers this is a different kettle of fish here. Won the race last year. It's not massively competitive race. I mean, I think if she goes out, she's on that 11 to 8 right now. If she goes out, it's around 2 to 1. If she doesn't go a favourite, she's probably going to be a bet at that price. Um, again, I think the bottom one of Donald McCain's is interesting as well. Um, see the C, progressive, gets an uncontested lead. She could be dangerous. Could be a potential back to lay. Um, what price is she on the on the sports book right now? Uh, I'm seeing twelves on on my screen here. Yeah, listen, I mean, if she she goes off around sixties, twenties on, on the exchange, you could easily back her and get rid of it. Single figure prices, um, and if you get the fractions right, could nick it from the front. I think Martello Sky, if they go a really really good gallop, could set it up for that one. But if Molly's all his wishes is fit and ready to go, definitely the one the one to beat here. But again, my only concern would be the stable phone right now the skeletons yeah i agree they did have a, a couple of winners or oh, they had a win- nice winner today midnight river at stratford but they've been hard to predict i know what you're saying there but, uh, there was a couple today that that were quite well fancied in the betting but they just didn't get around i think bridget rode a few at worcester and uh yeah they, they're at the back of the telly so maybe one to uh to keep an eye on there with, with the scale and form we then go to uh the three o'clock at weatherby which is the bet 365 hurdles a grade two contest known as the west yorkshire hurdle and sporting john here is your favorite at 15 to 8 we then got into fatigable looking for another win in this race at 7 to 2 Preschema at 4 to 1 3 under through 5 fame to Thomas Darby, the Enigma at seventeen to two, and Oscar Ali uh, returning over hurdles the outside of the field at twenty-two to one. Katie, you can have first say here. Sporting John, um, a horse that has got an interesting profile. Um, do we think he's going to make a seasonal reappearance here, or do we think something else like Indefatigable might be able to defend her title in this race? I'm going to take them both on. Actually, I'm going to go for three under through five. He was impressive as a novice chaser last season, winning four on the bounce, including two grade twos. He's clearly a talented horse with a lot of potential, um, and I think he'll be ready for this. I think he could be quite competitive in it. He is back over hurdles, four out of five over the smaller obstacles so far, beaten only in the Albert Bartlett. But for me, there are a few in the race. Uh, you can make a case for them, but they're just too inconsistent. And I think three under through five could be the most reliable selection. Okay, so Katie's gone with an interesting angle there, three under through five at thirteen to two. How about you, Mark? Um, is there one that you liked in this? Is Sporting John is is he a lay? 
I don't think he he's a layered. I don't think he's a right favourite. I think he's too short. I mean, I've seen about thirteen to eight there. Um, he's quite hard to catch right. And we've backed him once or twice. We've got a winner out of him, especially at Chelan. But he's the sort of type that I think would need to run. Um, so he's getting two pounds of Thomas Darby here as well. I think that one will definitely need to run. And I think in fact, here getting five pound course and distance winner. Solid run at Pony Frat, blow away the cobwebs. You know, fell out the stalls, flying at the finish. Nothing was coming from the back that day, so I'd mark that run up anyway. And I think Indefatable should be the favourite here. I probably, I mean, I've priced this up six to four. Um, you're getting three to one, seven to two on the sports book right now. That's a massive price. Um, I think the skeleton one as well. See how the other one runs later on, but earlier on. Molly's always wishes if that blows out, you expect that one to drift and the fat will short. And I think seven two three one's a good price. Yeah, um, I, Paul Weber's runner here. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they they shouldn't be so far apart in the betting. End of Fatigable actually had the the the, the bet or the beating of uh, Prashima in this race last year, so I can't see and Thomas Darby as well. So I mean, End has got the beating of. Thomas Darby and Prashima here, and there's question marks about one of them in the stable form. I think Thomas Darby will need to run. Sporting John, not one you can trust. I think just by default, from my perspective, from a price perspective, you've got to back that from a value perspective. Yeah, I'd have probably indefatigable and round about maybe the 9-4, 2-1 kind of mark. I think she is probably the most likely winner. So yeah, 7-2, I agree with Mark, is a little bit of value. How did you see this one though, Izzy? I fully agree with Katie in terms of the chances of three under three five. He's been, like Katie said, the most consistent and clearly Paul Nichols isn't pulling any punches this season. Like he's already operating on a 30% strike rate. Um, So there's no reason that three under three five shouldn't run really well here. But, um, and it's more of a sentimental thing, really. I, I will be sticking with Sporting John. Uh, my granddad's name was John, so I've always backed him. So I've been on the ups and the downs of sporting John. And I'm going to be riding that roller coaster all the way to the end of the uh, three o'clock on Saturday. But um, yeah, he is really consistent. Um, he's hard to catch right, but he's also hard to catch when he's right. So I think that he will, if we can get him on the right, right heel, he should go really well. Yeah, he's one of those horses. He's. It's a bit like a Goshen, he's either in or out. Um, probably maybe more out days than good days. But yeah, he's still only a seven-year-old, to be fair. So there could be a little uh, bit more to come from him. But yeah, this could be a big season for him. And it's probably a, a race that could have uh, bearing, especially for this side um, of the, the RSC for the stay and hurdle division. So one, to, one race to definitely watch on Saturday afternoon. The last race we're going to look at is the feature race of the whole weekend. It's the 335 at Weatherby. It's the Bet365 Charlie Hall chase. And this is a really interesting renewal. We've only got uh, the uh, seven runners, but Brave Man's Game heads the bet in at 6-4. to four. We've then got Ahoy Senor, who's a previous course and distance winner at 2-1. to one. El Dorado Allen is an intriguing contender at 5-1. to one. Secret Investor at 14s. Win My Wings very progressive last year and stay in handicap chases uh 18 to 1 sam brown at 25s and paint the dream the outside of the field at 33 who's actually attracted a little bit of support mark i'll come to you here first uh brave man's game ahoy senor is it a match between them two i think this is a really good race i'm looking really looking forward to this i think brave man's game all nickels smart um i think i always senor listen to russell the flagship for the north 
really looking forward to seeing what this one can do. I mean, Sam Brown, if they go a ridiculous place, could this one plod on? Um, I mean, Secret Investor as well. God knows what we're going to see from this one. Paul Nichols can get them ready, 30% strike rate for the yard. Um, I think from, for backing purposes, I mean, you've got the top one as well, Elder Allen for Joe Tizard, uh, Paint the Dreams in there as well. I mean, I think this is a really difficult race. I think the only one that you can you can eliminate is uh, Wing My Wings of uh, Christian Williams. I mean, that'll probably be a place late for me. Um, I think it'll be a comfortable free place, maybe four, even if for five. Um, I think maybe four place, probably a place late. That would be the bet for me here, Wing My Wings um, off 153. Today will definitely, well, Saturday will not be the day for this one. Um, Grand National will be the, the long-term plan for this one. Probably going to get out pace very early on as well. Looking to get it down to maybe 148. So expect this one to be just out for a run. So it'll be an easy place day on that one. Okay, Mark uh, is quite keen uh, to take on the wing, my wings. Uh, Christian Millions is star mayor uh, in the Charlie Hall. Um I'll come to you here, Izzy. Um, this looks a really good race. So are we going with one of the top two in the betting? Yeah, and I think, to be fair, Mark summarised the race like, perfectly. I see it almost identical. I, I thought the same about Sam Brown. Like, if this is a boil over, could he just come through in the end and um, take the sort of pick up the pieces, so to say? Um, you know, when my wings clearly got other targets. So a horse in your ran blind as at Cheltenham, second to L'Ompresse, and I saw a horse in your jumping fences up close at Newbury, um, and he is just majestic. So his form, I noticed, does follow like a one-two, one-two trend, and I always hate those because obviously his last one was a was a win. So I'm hoping that this one won't be a second, but he is clearly the stable star for Lucinda Russell. Um, he's got a great record at Weatherby, and I think he should take this really. Yeah, out of the two, I'm probably deciding more towards Hoyce. And, you know, I think El Dorado Allen is interesting. Can't keep him out. He won the Howden Gold Cup last year, first time out for the Tizards. He proved that he stays three miles when he won at Newbury, and he, he's definitely no mug. Um, how about you, though, Katie? You get the final say. Who do you think wins the Charlie Hall? I'm in agreement with a lot um, that you're saying. I think the top two in the market... I'm not sure I'd have them that way around. I think Brayman's game is a little too short for me. First time following a wind up. A hoist deserves to be the same price, I'd say. The thing that has let him down in the past is his jumping at times. He's clearly got a good engine, but in his novice season as a chaser, you know, he's going to be learning on the job. Mistakes are going to happen. Um, but I imagine he'd be a bit more fluent now at seven. And, you know, he did sort it out towards the end of last season. I think he'll be a force to be reckoned with this season. And on Bremen's game's last run, I'm not sure I'd fancy him to reverse that form with the Hoy Senor. I am a fan of Bremen's game. I think he could be a special horse in the future. But as I said, first time out after wind surgery, I'd be sticking with the Hoy Senor here. I'm in agreement with Mark and Izzy. I don't think it's a race for win my wings. Uh, you know, the other tags in mind for her. And I think she'll be she'll be a horse to back in, in the big handicaps during the season. And I also will give a positive mention to Paint My Dream too. Up in trip, he's had a run out this season. Things didn't go to plan. But I think he could give a better showing on himself. And if he's able to get into a nice rhythm, he could outrun his odds of 30 speed to one. I think he is. Um, at the moment, maybe in each way bets, but it's a shame we only have the seven runners here. But my main bet would be a Hoysimil. Okay, a lot of love then 
for Hoi Senor, uh, uh, probably all in agreement we think Brave Man's game could be a bit vulnerable first time out, but it's definitely going to be one hell of a race to watch uh, on Saturday. So that's our thoughts then on the main ITV races. We're now on uh, the the other part of the show where we do any other business. Um, and Izzy, I know you had one uh, on Sunday at Carlisle for us. Uh, do you want to reveal who that is? I do. I'm purely going for this just because when I was at the Twist and Davis stable um, last weekend, Willie was quite sweet on him, is Benny Silver, who's going in the 413 at Carlisle. Um, and I also just have to give a podcast shout out to the fact that Holstone's also going in the 330 at Carlisle as well. Yes, a uh, good little card at Carlisle on uh, Sunday afternoon. We've got the Colin Parker Memorial Intermediate Chase, a race that always throws up some good horses, fit on the roof, lost in translation, many clouds, Safir de Ruhr, uh, waiting patiently, all won this race over the years. Uh, we don't know the decks yet, but Corrach Rambler uh, could be heading to, for the National this year. Bear Gills is an interesting horse for, for Nicky Martin. Uh, Bo Port is a horse I've got plenty of time for, Manana Drama. Yeah, so plenty of uh, interesting candidates in there, and one to uh, definitely uh, know uh, on Sunday afternoon. But uh, that's all we've got time for. Uh, this week thanks again to mark izzy and katie for giving up their time hopefully we've uh, given you some winners this week please remember to follow us on all our social platforms we're available on twitter and instagram at in the saddle pod also as well remember to subscribe to all our podcast platforms we're on the likes of apple spotify and soundcloud so whichever one takes your fancy make sure you give us a rating and follow so yeah please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon